it's about that time to have some people explain themselves. We have all-stars who know all about how to do this. Will and I uh, brought our, our, our really good friends, Brett Fowler and Tyler James, uh, because we wanted the weekend off and we wanted some people who know even more about Kickstarter than we do, who spend more time thinking about Kickstarter than we do. And we talk about it every Friday night, like this evening. If you are watching us live, I hope you're doing great. And uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, drive carefully or um, don't, don't, you know, don't put reds and whites together when you're doing <laughs> your laundry. That's really, that's really important. That's all I know about. Um, Will, how the hell are you? Doing all right, man. It's, uh, it was a short week, but it was a really long week. So, hey, it's happy. I'm happy to be here. You put, you put some, <laughs> put some miles on the tires this week? Uh, more like on the brain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if uh, Will isn't really paying attention to the night, that might be because he's fulfilling his last 71 crossover division packages. <laughs> so you got 50, what, about 50 out the door and 70 to go? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's you have that done by morning. Fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have it. I'll have done by the end of the show, yeah. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, it's always great. Um Every package that, you know, I put together is going to somebody who's, you know, backed the book, backed me, backed the team, and, you know, they're going to get it and read it. It's just, I mean, I love making it, and I love doing the Kickstarters. Those are exciting, and I even love fulfillment, even though it's a lot of work. <laughs> I, I love the feeling of having fulfilled yeah <laughs> yes. i don't like being in the weeds but i do i hear what you're saying because it is i mean you, you make the book that's important you run the campaign that's important but it, until it gets in somebody's hand it's not a it's not a success so i i hear what you're saying but i can't say i like fulfillment i just like having fulfilled hmm. It's kind I of feel like that way about out. running. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have felt that 20 some years ago, the last time I ran um, <laughs> as vo voluntarily, but um, I don't do that too much anymore. Will and Tyler are runners. Brent, do you run? No. Yeah, okay. So, so the left side of your I've screen run. are not runners. Um, Sean Butler says, pretty sure I backed a book from each of these three gentlemen. I, uh, there's, nice. I'm not really good at math, but it sounds like one of us you need to um, <laughs> to back on either either a campaign that's running live because we've got two, or hopefully we've got one more. But uh, who's, the John, who's the scoundrel? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We we certainly appreciate you watching, and even if it's only three of us, we we appreciate it because uh, seventy five percent of this are are good people, and I I know that yeah. they're the ones that aren't talking are. I'm, not, I'm never so sure about myself, but I'm sure I'm happy to be there. But this is explain yourself. This is a show about crowdfunding projects, and uh, before I go all the way off the rails, I think we should let you guys do your thirty second pitches for for your projects brent um since you you let's get you into in the land of the dragon to um if i was going past your booth at a comic convention how would you get my attention okay so it is a cyberpunk fantasy series about a mercenary named kenzo who is tasked with kidnapping a child by these two warring corporations and this child is the key to the balance to shifting the balance of power between these two warring corporations so throughout issue one um this uh the the 
opposite corporation is hunting him down. They've sent cybernetic cybernetic assassins and ninjas and all kinds of gangsters against them. It's a frenetic paced, high action, violent comic book. And going into issue two, now the corporation that hired him is also hunting him down. And even his closest allies uh, are after the bounty that's on his head. So nice. that's where we're at. Yeah. Now there's there's no violence in sync, Tyler. So I don't know how you're going to <laughs> None at all. follow follow that up. But all ages. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you know, usually uh, crime horror is kind of one of those genres that like, you know, like Hollywood loves because you can do them on the cheap. But yeah. uh, if, if Sync was ever made, and, and I think it, it has been optioned, but but uh, <laughs> if it ever gets made into something like I think half of the budget would just be blood. Yes. <laughs> and the copious amounts that uh, artist Alex Cormack loves to uh keep upon uh on readers but um but yeah yes yeah, sync's got got a little bit of that in it yeah all right so if, if i if i hadn't known what was in there how would you uh get my attention at a comic convention yeah so uh sync is a is a crime horror series uh that takes place in a bizarre funhouse mirror type uh, version of glasgow scotland which is uh the the native home of john lees who is an award-winning writer and uh, the, the co-creator of Sync. Uh, he's partnered up with Alex Cormick, who is definitely one of the top horror uh, artists in working in comics right now. He, besides Sync, he, he has done uh, Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows uh, for IDW and, and is just a, an amazing storyteller. And so Sync is sort of like Sin City mixed with Castle Rock. Uh, it's a, uh, a series of, and one of the cool things about it is that each issue is kind of, has been a standalone tale that tells a complete story from start to finish in 24 pages or about, or thereabouts. Um, but they all share this common location, which is called Sink Hill. And, uh, what I'm really excited about is, uh, with, with this issue and, and specifically with the next, uh, five issues, uh, the next volume, um, what has been a series of sort of in of distinct stories, uh, almost anthology style, all taking place in this world, are actually going to start to come together. And you will sort of realize the mad genius of John Lee is that he's actually been telling one big, dark, twisted, scary as hell story this whole time. And so, uh, you know, John was busy over the pandemic. Uh, he, he wrote the next two volumes of Sync. So I'm like... 10 issues ahead of even where, where we are and yeah. I know what's coming and I'm just like <laughs> so excited to get it out there. And, and so, uh, you know, we're thrilled to be back on Kickstarter after a, a nice pandemic long break, basically um, to be advancing this story, which um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled to be a, uh, be a part of uh, getting it out there into the world. Absolutely. I'm going to let you share the page. I'm going to pull it up and it should pop right in. And while you take us down the page and, and tell us about the Kickstarter campaign, um, I don't know if we've talked to you about this. How, what were your first conversations with John or or with John and um, Alex about this book? How did this come to Comicstrike? So uh, you mean originally, like way back when? Way, way back when, yeah. They, you know, I think, I think we talked to Alex about how he got on board, but um, you as the publisher of Comics Tribe, how did Sync become uh, part of your um, your inventory? Yeah, so, I mean, John Lees is somebody that has always had an open door at Sync. You know, he 
he uh, we, we published his ver the very first comic he ever wrote, which is called The Standard, uh, which is a five issue uh, superhero uh, miniseries. And that was one of our sort of three books that Comics Tribe launched into the direct market with um, way back in, you know, 2012, like 2013 ish. So, um, so I've been working with John for, uh, for a long time. Um, he followed up the, he followed up um, or the standard with a series called, and then Emily was gone, which did very well uh, mm -hmm. for us. It, uh, and it was the first time we sort of did a divergence from the soul, the whole like, like superhero books. And we did something in the horror genre and it was a very peculiar, like interesting title that ended up becoming like far and away our bestseller at the time. Um, and so that kind of opened our eyes to the possibility of like, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll hit some genres and do some things that, um, Marvel and DC don't have totally, uh, <laughs> buttoned up. And so, so that sort of got us moving in the horror direction. And um, and so I had also then worked with John on another miniseries um, and I actually worked with John and Alex uh, on a miniseries uh, that I uh, co-wrote with John called Oxymoron, The Loveliest Nightmare. Um, and so, you know, absolutely loved how that series came together. Super proud of that book. And so when John had something else and something that and and wanted to work with alex um kind of a no-brainer but that being said john also put together a hell of a pitch package mm -hmm. and sort of had the first uh five issues sort of uh outlined and had um just uh put together just a terrifying little little pitch document and i'm <laughs> like yeah this this could be something and i but i can remember like the first thing that Alex did for sync was do a picture of um, Mr. Dig, who was a, you know, and did this like iconic image of just a, a, a badass dude <laughs> uh, in a Fox mask with a bloody shovel and just kind of standing there. And that's all he had. And, but he printed up a few, he printed up like 10 prints of it at a, at a Boston comic-con or something. And people were just buying the print. There was no book, no thing. Didn't even say sync. It was just like, I want that. And so I'm like, a star is born right there. And, uh, and, you know, fast forward to, you know, to today, and there are multiple human beings walking around with Mr. Dig tattoos on their bodies. So, you know, you, but so, so it's one of those things where like, you know, when you see it, like, like, and, and one of the benefits, uh, like I'll be finally getting back into conventions this year. One of the benefits of conventions is like you mark get to really market test stuff and and see you know what people resonate with and and uh, a little tip is when when you see the eyeballs like light up lean into it yeah absolutely <laughs> and i mean you also have the the blue van uh you know you you have like two archetypical like uh images for one property and there are other, and that's just two of like eight different stories moving around this town but you've got two like these really iconographic john john long jokes is he's like my goal is to get sync big enough so that we can actually do uh bumblebee novelty butt toys <laughs> <laughs> which were featured in sync 10 they haven't quite taken off <laughs> just yet but um to his yeah, his so mouth to god's ears yeah, exactly. But, but that is something that like when you think about properties like uh, Game of Thrones, right? Like 
Game of Thrones has multiple entry points, multiple mm -hmm. slogans, multiple mm -hmm. iconic things about it, right? And so you got to have one to, I, I feel like you, you got to have at least one to, to get people in the door. Um, but if, if you can, you know, especially as a series evolves, like add, uh, mm -hmm. add iconic elements. I also think of like the walking dead where, you know, you, you'll see people cosplaying as Negan, but he didn't show up until years down the line. Right. But that's one mm -hmm. of the, like the, the 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 barbed wire bat is is one of the iconic elements of that of that series, and so I think John is very good at that. And I and you know with this episode, so with with this series coming back, um, one of the challenges of the Kickstarter is that actually uh, this first issue kicks off with all new characters and sort of a completely fresh story, um, and so we sort of took a gamble at let's lean into one of the iconic elements of this new story and, and, and the introduction of a, of a brand new uh, villain um, who is the uh, Gorbel's vampire, Iron Tooth Jack. And uh, so, <laughs> but Alex, you know, crushed the, uh, the image of that. So, you know, I'm hoping that we've got another, another hit on our hands here with, with this, this character. I, I'm not too. I'm not too worried about you guys, but um, <laughs> let's go down the page and and hopefully get you a couple more backers to just, yeah. just padding. Nice, nice soft pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, I mean, a, a couple things like uh, another thing that that I think is cool about this this book is actually the protagonist is uh, a woman in and I believe her you know sixties <laughs> or late sixties. Um, and it's a woman who's, who's basically lived her whole life in Sink Hill. And when she was a child, uh, she was terrorized by, uh, you know, her own boogeyman who was this vampire and, and kids went missing and, and, uh, but it's the kind of thing that it was so long ago that, um, most people have forgotten the legend and, or never believed it at all. Um, but when her, her neighbor, uh, boy goes missing. Um, and she starts having these premonitions. Um, she knows in her in her bones that Jack is back, and that uh, you know evil like that never you know will never stop. You have to stop it. Mm -hmm. And so um, yeah, it's it's kind of a cool uh, cool cool thing of having like a a crotchety <laughs> a B Arthur type uh, <laughs> as the protagonist in this one. But um, I, I think fans are gonna recognize like john's uh humor that he runs through these series like it's it's so dark it's so bloody it's so violent but it's also funny as hell um and that's <laughs> yeah. something that john is able to do very well yeah there's the tattoo um yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys were on um on kickstarter with what a uh, mr dig one shot not too long ago right yeah that's right so um mr D the the mr dig one shot is sort of like a a bridge book between mm -hmm. um, Sync Volume Two, and then this is the start of Sync Volume Three. So we did we launched that at the very end of 2020 and got it out in middle of uh, 2021. Um, and so that was like a 64 page um, interlude. And and John John is like very particular about like um, how Sync like John's got a little OCD in him, and so like uh, one of the things is he's like like all of the stories 
in sync in the proper series have to take place in sink hill like that's the location that's where they all happen um and but and and they've all also been sort of very sort of linear like we don't do a lot of flashing back and jumping around in different locations and things like that um and so but because the dig was a one shot and sort of its own uh, like thing he was like, okay, we can do this and we can do flashbacks and sort of tell the origin story of, of that character. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something like, uh, we've got a rough map of where Sync is going. And I think the the full Sync series will, will land somewhere between 25 and 30 issues, but there will also be um, likely one or two more of these sort of um, one shot, long, longer graphic novella things um, that'll be sprinkled in. Um, and this is kind of the, it's kind of, I mean, it, I, I see this as, as potentially John Lee's is like, you know, I, ho I hope it's his hope. He looks at it as, as his opus when it's all said and done and, and something that he'll, you know, he would always be willing to, to return to St. Hill and tell stories. But uh, it's pretty cool in that, like, there is like this grand design that he's building towards that is going to be pretty satisfying for create people that stick with it from the very beginning. And it's it's such a cool story too. And uh, for anybody that hasn't hasn't is new to this, uh, before they started on Sync, Alex was telling us he flew over and visited Glasgow for like a week or two just to kind of let it all seep in, so that when he drew it, this you know American guy didn't didn't just you know I don't know watch Outlander and decide that that's what the buildings <laughs> look like. But he, I think it's so cool that they they met up and did that that you know quote unquote field research. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know I think he was like you know uh, relatively newly married at the time, or or, or <laughs> that or that or his wife just got pregnant or whatever, and she's reading the script for Sink One, and, and she's like, "Wait a minute, we're going here." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we're taking it. Uh, but yeah, Alex. Alex crushed it, crushes it. And, uh, and that reference really did pay, um, you know, pay dividends. I, we, we had a guy coming in to uh, do some work on our roof and I like, I'm upstairs and I hear somebody talking and I hear the, I hear the, uh, the accent and I'm like, that's, is John Lee's downstairs in my, <laughs> like, no, it wasn't John Lee's, but it was a guy from Glasgow originally and uh and I, I had to i gave him the book he's like oh yeah 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 he, he like recognized the locations and everything so that's pretty cool nice um but yeah you know got some cool covers we're doing four uh four variant covers this time um one from uh two from alex actually uh that's the standard one we've got cp wilson on a, a plushy style uh variant we've got uh louis joyce on a psychedelic holofoil mm -hmm. virgin and then uh, Alex is is doing uh, the we, we have that this is cool vampire image for the metal cover. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, nice. that's gonna kill metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I remember listening to I guess it was a last year uh, episode of the Comics Launch podcast, which you've been doing for you know, several years now, and uh, you were talking specifically about the number of variant covers. What's the average? Yeah, and. Uh, if I remember right, you're way under the average. <laughs> I I am, and I mean, I, I I had Ron Z on the podcast two weeks ago, <laughs> and he I he couldn't tell me how many actual full variants he had for his latest launch. It was somewhere in the fifties, he thought, 
Wow. So, so, so he was barely doing variants this time. If he was in the fifties, <laughs> this was like, oh, I'm going to take it easy. But, but, but then, but, but even after, you know, like, 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 even as I was trying to like squeeze that out, he was like, well, but then if you count the one-offs and the one of ones and the two of twos and the, and then, and then all the different permutations, like, yeah, it, it's something else. Um, and, and I feel like that is like a, it's a, it's definitely a style of launch. Um, I, I don't know that, um, I, I don't know that there's the same appetite for it if it doesn't also involve um, like uh, T and or A. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that is super important to to bring up because I, I do I do knew, know somebody who on the first campaign had 12 to 15 covers and they weren't, uh, you know, going for that type of a thing, although one of their covers was. And, you know, we we're talking behind the scenes. It's like, I'm not really selling a lot of these. And we're like, well, it's not just having a lot of variants. It's it's having a very specific style yep. of variant <laughs> if you're if you're in that tna yeah you you you, you want the the one with the, the it's always a girl so i'll just say the girl clothes <laughs> the girl unclothed uh I, and hey if you want to do one with dudes i say do it there has to be an untapped um niche on kickstarter <laughs> so do it but um have the cartoony one have the cosplayer if you can get the cosplayer but but I wouldn't do 40 covers unless there was a whole lot of nipple action happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've pushed the envelope a little bit with, with happy Hill um, all in, I think we might've had 13, 13 or 14 covers. Um, but that includes some like retailers where we did special partnerships with and, um, and just, you know, Joe himself had some, a lot of times. Joe will like draw a cover, like I hate it, but we'll still use it, and draw another one, <laughs> hate it, still use it, and like they're all great. But uh, but you know he can't always like he he wouldn't always land on it. So when you have an artist that's willing to you know go above and beyond, that definitely helps. Yeah. So so what you're telling us all is to hire artists or get give co-creators that are their own worst critic because then you get a lot of free covers. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like um, I, my, my buddy, Matt Zolman, who, um, you know, I, I worked with a long time ago on a book called Epic and he's actually working on new pages of uh, continuing right where we, right where it left off way back when. Um, but, uh, but, but he, he was like, yeah, I'll throw my hat in the ring to do a, do a sync cover. And, and uh, he sent over like three, like, mostly done uh two or three mostly done things i'm like we could use them all man just uh, one way or another well, nice. keep it going keep it's nice to have an embarrassment of riches sean yeah, butler yes. says in the chat that the red tin number one metal cover that was recently offered is a top five all-time cover for him so oh that's right. awesome man I'm glad you picked up one of those. You know, I don't even have one of those, and and, and I wrote the damn book. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we only did like 25 of those, but uh, and that was we were one of the first medals that we released. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love what uh, what CP Wilson did, did on those covers, and and it looks just great in metal. So, yeah. as if someone is listening to this for the first time and they they're like, okay, this sounds interesting. I want in. Do you have tiers where they can get the hardcover volumes? Do you have any of the original floppies uh, 
left, what 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 would you tell people to catch up on sync uh, with? And I guess part B of that question is, this is the start of a new volume. Is this a nice jumping on point where they can just kind of test it and find out if they like it? Although we all want them to buy it all, but you know. Yeah, I mean, sync is definitely the kind of series where like, the nice part is, is just about every issue is a clean jumping on point. Uh, and, but that being said, um, background characters become stars and then stars become background characters mm -hmm. in future issues. And so like the, the, um, obviously like the more you've read, the, the more you get rewarded for, for, uh, reading more. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like, you know, you can jump in, grab a digital copy of the new issue, um, at a pretty low price and then. Uh, this, it, this issue, it's, it's a 48 page book. Um, and it also comes with a, uh, campaign exclusive metal trading card. Um, so that starts at 20, uh, the most economical way to get all caught up and also not take up a, a lot of shelf space is we have, um, a soft cover tier where you can get, uh, the sinks volume one and two soft covers that, that collects issues, uh, one through five and then six through 10 respectively. Mm -hmm. Um, also get the uh, Mr. Dig one shot, which is a 64 page uh, graphic novella and then get the new issue. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, I, that's the, actually the cheapest way to get it. Um, we also do have if you're a comic book uh, nut and, and need the single issues, we have single issue catch up tiers. And then there, I think there are a few hardcovers left um, for the hardcover tier, but we're actually running pretty low on the volume one hardcover. Um, All right. You, you heard that, right? People running low on the hardcover. All right. Now I know where you got to go. Got to get the hardcover. Get, 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 get the thing that's running out, people. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you said this would probably go in that 25 to 30. So you're looking at a five to six volume full series um, with a couple kind of like a Mr. Dig thing whenever whenever they come to you. That's and have you seen the map to all of this or is John just give give you the excuse me, the volume as they come in? Um yeah, so John's written through issue 20. And so uh and then yeah, issue like issue 3 is is another one of those sync like OMG moments. Um, we've had a couple of them in the series where like big reveals happen or whatever, but, um, but, but th uh, like the third issue of this third volume um, is one where uh, you start to see like the road, the roadmap and the runway and how things are, things are coming together. Um, Cause as, as characters, uh, as characters that were stars of their own issues start to become uh, joined and, and there's a bigger mission at play. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, I kind of see where the roadmap is going. Like I, I'd actually like, if, if it was up to me, I'd probably want, want John to extend it even more. Um, because like, you know, I, I just think it's really great, but, um, I think he has a pretty, pretty tight end game in mind now. Um, so I actually, I do not, I do not know, uh, in my publishing role, I do not know, like the end game, but um, there's sort of like issue 20, when I got done with it, I'm like, that was Battle of the Bastards right there. 
uh, to use a Game of Thrones reference. Um, and just like, okay, you know, there's like, you could see where in the whole arc that um, that happens and stakes just get raised like to a whole other level. As long as you have the dire wolf come down on the wall, I'm happy. <laughs> I might have been the happiest I, I, I was watching TV in the last 30 years, watching the dire wolf go 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 back on the walls in the north so uh <laughs> so give me give me that you, you're speaking my language when uh when you bring up game of thrones <laughs> yes. well, Tyler, yeah, you, you you definitely did uh plenty of plenty of recording on that subject right yeah <laughs> you uh think has been coming out in the direct market too it's so it's not kickstarter exclusive how i mean and you know as an indie creator so i'm obviously very interested in this you know traditionally as an indie creator, you know, comic shops, they're not hostile. They're more, they don't have the bandwidth, you know, to, to, to sort through, you know, every comic that's coming out, you know, they barely have enough bandwidth to, you know, do the, the traditional big five or six, seven or eight publishers. Right. Yeah. So, you know, how, how has that affect kind of your plans? You know, it's, for Kickstarter and for the direct market? I mean, how, how do you kind of balance those? Yeah, so, I mean, we're sort of pivoting a little bit and changing our approach. Um, you know, the idea, like the grand vision, if you rewind like five years ago or, or, or so, uh, about how I thought things should work is that I, I thought that, you know what, Kickstarter is a great issue one launch vehicle and launching pad. So, so launch, like do a Kickstarter launch to launch a new series and then use that momentum into the direct market. And then you're, and then hopefully it takes off there and you'll be able to sort of serialize uh, issues one, two, three, four, five, and then come back to Kickstarter and do like a, and blow it out for the graphic novel collection. Right. And that seemed like, like if that worked, that would be great. Right. If you could, if you could plan for that. The challenges for most indie titles, if you do that, you're going to see a diminishing return for each subsequent issue to the point where, you know, you're lucky if the fifth issue just going through the direct market um, can pay for itself uh, just for the printing, let alone mm -hmm. uh, any of the marketing costs, creative costs, all the other stuff, just like trying to break even. And everything like that when you're selling a four or five dollar book at 60 percent off and you know and, and comic shops are the focus um and so that that's kind of been a, a little bit of struggle like it's a, it's a struggle to like you know have have an issue one that does pretty well between the kickstarter and the direct market but then sort of have issue two issue three issue four issue five diminishing returns on each of those and then hope and then and then hope you can dig yourself out of it like for the trade. And so, but we, we kind of stuck with that model for, for a long time. But because I never like as much as I've sort of thought about Kickstarter and studied Kickstarter going in, like the idea of serializing a book and doing it each issue on Kickstarter was something that that doesn't really work well with the direct market where they want books to come out every single month. Yeah, only an idiot would do that, right, Will? Yes, that's right. <laughs> only an idiot would serialize on Kickstarter. Well, no, no, no. Like, 
But it actually turns out that serializing on Kickstarter makes a ton of sense um, as long as you're not confining yourself to trying to come out at, uh, in the direct market at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for the first two volumes of Sync, that's what we did. We launched the, well, we launched, uh, we did issue number one on Kickstarter, issues numbers two through 10 came out um, in the direct market. And then we also did Kickstarters for volume one and volume two. Sync actually was kind of the the rare example where um, we actually saw orders increase um, between like issues four and five. Um, And so like three, like issues three, four and five, the order numbers all went up, but Mm -hmm. then there was a long break. And so when we came back with Sync six, um, it did well, but it still did not do great. Um, and you de- we definitely sort of missed the, the Kickstarter in- infusion of, of funding as well as just um, the ability for uh, to, to, to make as much of an impact as we wanted. So mm-hmm. third volume, what we decided to do is inverted a little bit where we are no longer trying to um, fund a do a crowdfunding for a book that's that's going to be going out to backers and going out to comic shops at the same time. The books that backers are going to be ordering on Kickstarter are will never go through Diamond. They'll never go through the direct market. So these are Kickstarter exclusive, extra content, extra bells and whistles, premium paper stock. We just upgraded uh, and foil enhanced the cover of uh of, of even this, the the lowest price uh print cover so like these are going to be real collectors items um and um we're going to come back to the direct market probably when issue five is done and then we're and then we're gonna do a you know a, a five dollar version of the book that probably has you know a, a lower paper stock mm-hmm. and more, just more economical version um, smaller page count than what you're getting in, in here. Um, and we're going to launch that through the direct market when the book is already done so that we can just come out monthly and, and feed the, feed the direct market. Um, so mm-hmm. backers are, are getting these, this book in advance, um, as well. But what we may do for, for the next time we launch on, on Kickstarter for sync, uh, the next launch will likely be for a sync 12 and 13 joined book so so like a deluxe edition like uh, and it'll kind of get its own name uh, as well Mm -hmm. it'll it'll be like 48 48 or 52 pages or something like that and Mm -hmm. it'll be like a a thicker uh more of the story for one launch because i don't necessarily want to do crowd do kickstarters for every single issue because that takes Mm -hmm. a lot of bandwidth and and everything like that Mm -hmm. um so like I'm kind of seeing like issue number ones or bringing back a series like that mm-hmm. gets better launch. But then if we can get, do two issues at a time um, and just make it again, lean into it for the Kickstarter launch, um, that's kind of kind of splitting the difference in a way that at least we're going to try it for the next for this volume and see how that goes. And in my own mind, that's that um, makes people shipping costs more efficient because yeah. you're paying eight bucks for shipping at the, the lowest tier, five to ten bucks, whatever it is. Whether you're getting one book, two books, you know, almost up to four books, it's the same price. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and I, I was just doing my 
you know, do it, closing up my books for 2022 and like the amount of money that gets spent on like Gemini flash mailers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, to, just to print these things. Um, so, so yeah, you know, and, and we have had some backers be like, Hey, you know, I can't just can't justify coming out of pocket so much for the, for, for all of these shipping charges. And, and I totally mm -hmm. understand it, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. outside of the States. I mean, it, it, Oh yeah. It can yeah. be rough. Although the pirates ship, if, if you're starting this yeah. and you haven't the pirate ship, um, Export, exporting it's discount export rate yeah. has, has really yeah. helped a lot. I mean, something like oh, yeah. 10 to $15 for most international. Absolutely. Packages. So yeah. look into that. If you're, if you haven't already, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Tyler might have other either know that or know something even better. You've done one <laughs> or two of these campaigns. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is uh campaign number 30. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 30 times the charm. <laughs> wow all right well it's doing awesome let's get to into the land of the dragon and then i'm gonna um basically let you guys talk about what makes a beautiful campaign page so i guess leave leave i'm gonna take the page. you know what please stop sharing it because i think if i take the page out then you go away um <laughs> i think we found that out one one week the, the hard way but uh so Brent, in the in the land of the dragon, so catch us up with where this book came from, uh, where, where how you got the creative team together, and where the first idea for it came. Yeah, so the uh, the creative team uh, they're an Italian studio, and it's uh, Luca Fergario writes it, and Lorenzo Re and Stefano Ronconi do the art, um, art and coloring respectively. And the way um, we came about this book was through Federico Sabatini, actually. So um, he is the artist on my book, The Last Ember, and he's friends with Luca. So he introduced us and they had a book to pitch to us. It wasn't right for us, but it kind of opened the door to talk to Luca about other books. So this was the second book that Luca pitched to us. And it it just fit more of what we typically do. Um, we, we're more fantasy based. This is a little bit of a stretch for us, but <laughs> the art just looks so good that we were just like, you know, we, and the story was cool. So we, we decided to take a chance on it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Federico made the introduction and he actually did uh, covers for both issues. This uh, main image is actually his cover for this issue. Um, so yeah, that's how we came to work with them. And we've actually done this book and the Steampunk Carol with them. And we've talked about a few other projects possibly in the future. They are actually helping us get some of our stuff in uh, the uh, international market over in Europe. Nice. Uh, so, cool. so it's been a, it's been a, a fortuitous relationship between us and, and Luca and his studio and everything. So, um, but yeah, that's how we uh, came to be. So, and we're happy to be publishing it. So. So they come to you, do they say, I've got this idea, or do they say, I've got a five issue? Like, what what, what do they bring to you when they're pitching? Do they just pitch, I want to do a cyberpunk, and, and that gets you? Or do they have to um, come with a lot more um, information before you get, give a yes? Yeah, so every idea that he pitched to us, he, he did a pitch packet, basically. It was a PDF with a handful of pages, uh, some write-ups, some uh, character sketches, things like that, kind of the direction of where the book was going. Um, most of the stuff that he does, he, he has a bunch of different projects at a bunch of different publishers. And most of the stuff he does, is like four to five issue miniseries. And that's what this is as well. Um, 
so that that's basically what it was. It was just uh, a general overview of what the story was and what it was about and the main characters and that kind of thing. And uh, this one just resonated with us more than the, the previous one that he had pitched to us. So, mm-hmm. so you've uh, with Last Ember Press, I mean, kind of your your signature book is The Last Ember. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you've kind of branched out. I mean, uh, Lisa's writing. Uh, a couple Bloom you've pretty. got yeah. Uh, yeah. Bloom Pretty. You've got um, oh, what's the steampunk one? I can never remember the uh, name. Pneumatic of. cases. Yeah, pneumatic cases. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, you've how how much expansion do you see? Kind of Last Ember Press, you know, stretching out to. I mean, what's 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 your max bandwidth? Are you going to do 30 <laughs> books, man? <laughs> that's, that's an interesting question because we've gone back and forth on it. Uh, there were times where we were like expanding and then there's times where we're like pulling back and saying, OK, let's let's narrow our focus a little bit. Um, I think we're we're at a comfortable place right now, um, especially with Lisa's book, my book, the book we're writing together, Curiouser. And uh, then just a couple of things on the fringe miniseries like that. Um, I think our main focus is on those three books, uh, last, the last Ember, Bloom Pretty, and Curiouser, and then we'll throw stuff like this in around. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I think that's where our bandwidth is more most comfortable right now. <laughs> so, like this is the only other series that we're currently actively doing. So, Pneumatic Cases just wrapped up. We'll be doing a trade for that soon, and. Uh, yeah, so and we're, we're we did the graphic novel Steamboat Carol with Luca and Lorenza, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. In the future, if we continue to grow, if we, you know, it it, it just depends on the project. Like if a really cool project comes to us, and we're like, okay, we got to do that, we'll we'll make room for it. But I, I think uh, we're comfortable place because we're also doing as that image shows, we're also doing other that stuff games. outside of comics, <laughs> yeah, puzzles and diamond paintings and all the same. We're, we're working on a couple of, uh, uh tabletop games and different things. So yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's under the, that's under the torch night, uh, games, uh, tag. Correct. Okay. That's correct. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also letter some books here and there and do Kickstarter <laughs> pages. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I let her crossover division. Uh, uh, so. What? I've never heard of that book. <laughs> I, I would ask when you sleep, but I know that it's during day. You don't. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it, if the sun's out, Brant's asleep. But if the moon's <laughs> yeah. out, he is working his tail off. I went to bed That's about right. 11 a.m. today. Yeah. So, uh, so nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> Went to bed uh, early. Good boy. Good yeah, boy. Right? So that's that's staying up late for Brand. <laughs> it was a little bit late for me, actually. Yeah. So. Well, you know, uh, we asked Tyler, you know, about the direct market. What, what, uh, what do you see for Last Ember? Have you dipped your toes in the or yeah. direct market? It is on the horizon, but it's still a little bit in the future for us. Um, we we talked about it a few years ago, and we went we like looked up all the information and everything. And, and we just decided it, we weren't, it wasn't ready. We weren't ready for that yet. Um, I think we're getting closer now. Uh, Bloom pretty is probably going to be the the book that we lead with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that may be the last number. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely something we've talked about a lot. Uh, it just has the timing has to be right for us and we have to have the right content to put there. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to wait until we've got a few more issues of both of those before we, we tackle that. So maybe the next year or two. Okay. But, and you also mentioned international markets are 
are those more aligned with say you know collected editions or is that more you know single issues like you know we would see on kickstarter or the direct market here honestly i'm not sure yet they uh the publisher that we talked to was a french publisher and they were interested in specifically bloom pretty in the last ember and uh the, the talks are kind of still going on. We, we sent them first the previews and they were like, we want to see more. So we sent them the whole book and we haven't heard back from that yet. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going to approach it. If it's going to be single issues or, or trade um, either way, I, I think I'd be happy with it. So if, uh, if my experience with Ludo uh, is they'll be looking for um, one long uh, volume a year, because mm-hmm. when we started out this American who used to get, <laughs> 12 issues and an annual every year of X-Men Yeah, was like, hey, Ludo, do you want to do a comic series? And Ludo said, yes. So I offered in my own head without verbalizing this, we'll do about eh, 10 issues a year. We'll be done mm-hmm. in T- Take two months off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't want to burn this poor guy out. Right. And um, in his head, he said yes to doing one 42-page volume a year, which is what they publish in France. Hmm. So we were so green, neither one of us knew to ask the other one what we were saying when we said, <laughs> would you like to do a comic book series? So I'm going to guess if they're a French publisher, they're going to be looking for that one 44-page volume book a year. Hmm. Uh, but if you can give them longer, it'll probably be good. But I wouldn't expect to be sending too many single issues out to to that market yeah that makes sense that makes sense and, yeah. and bloom pretty is kind of perfect for that because it mm-hmm. is an oversized book so mm-hmm. there's better ghost cover yeah, uh, no, yeah the covers yeah. on this are extraordinary they are mm-hmm. so friggin vibrant we 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 looked out we were working with some talented creators so uh we got uh this is federico's um who's doing moon knight right now for marvel uh, this is a, a artist we worked with for the first time, Lorenzo DeSanto, and he actually did uh, two covers for us. And um, at first, when we saw this, when we were like, mm, "That might be pushing it a little bit much for our audience," but we were like, "But it's it's kind of funny." So we were like, "Let's let's do it. Let's try it." Uh, you know, baby with a bunch of you know dismembered fingers popping around, but uh, it, it's a cool looking cover, I gotta say. So it's um, this one. Yeah. yeah, Lorenza did this, and she was she's like, she was like, I, I got to use all the green. She she gave us like four different color variations, and we all were all like, yeah, let's just let's go with the green. And she was like, all right, I wanted to put all the green into it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that one. That's cool even one. got some. That's got some cool noir vibes to it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she did uh, for issue one. She did the Akira homage cover. If you yeah. guys remember, that was like mm-hmm. the pink and purples and. Yeah. Uh, she really likes to push it with the colors. So, and she's also the artist on Steampunk Carol. And then this is the main cover by the interior team. So, nice. yeah, really happy with all the covers. Yeah, with uh, with your artist uh, issues there, <laughs> not defining the t- and everything with Last Ember. You know, I finally got to work with Federico, and he did one issue of Hunted, and then it was like almost immediately. It seemed like maybe a month later he was getting Marvel. And it was like, oh, <laughs> and so now he's been consistently working with Marvel and stuff. And uh, he's he's fantastic, though. But uh, he's always uh, making time for for stuff for me. So it's I, I really appreciate that. I know his schedule is very busy. There, there's there's something nice about um, helping somebody get up to the big leagues. 
and you're not jealous, but you're like, darn, I really wish you were still drawing mine. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it, you're, you're so happy. And also, hmm, maybe well, I wish crap. it took six more months <laughs> yeah. for that call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thankfully he's still doing the last Ember, but uh, just, you know, we're, we're slowing down the pace a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I think uh, the one of the wonderful things about Kickstarter backers and readers is they, they kind of don't punish you for delays whereas the yeah. direct market reader does if you if you're yeah. not you're you have to be a shark in the direct market you have to be moving or you're going to die and, and kickstarter it's recommended to come back and and make sure people know that you're there um mm -hmm. you, you'll lose some Double people regularly. if you take too long but yeah as long as you're you're putting up two to four a year people re remember you and you don't you don't lose too many uh stragglers well, yeah. and you know, we've, we, and, and Tyler, I know Tyler's, uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, data around Kickstarter because you know, he's, he's the data wonk, which is awesome. Um, but we've seen almost the opposite kind of, at least anecdotally, uh, uh, behavior in Kickstarters where the first issue is starting off with fewer backers and then mm -hmm. you gain readers with every subsequent issue. Whereas you're in the direct market, you're big number one, and then you, you start losing readers. So, you know, I, it's, first off, you know, anecdotally, does that match the data? And, you know, how awesome is that for Kickstarter? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and it is also like a testament to uh, the comics community and, and some of the uniqueness, I think, of comics on Kickstarter. There is no other category where create that has as many repeat creators as, as comics. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. the serial nature of how we do our thing makes mm -hmm. that make a lot of sense, right? You know, you compare it to technology projects or, you know, music or film, like nobody's doing the output in a serial format quite like comic creators. And so, like, there is a lot of advantage to being able to um, start and then and then the, the one of the factors that has strong corollary to future success on Kickstarter is, well, how'd your last campaign do? And so mm -hmm. getting that successful campaign under your belt and getting products out to backers just increases the likelihood that the next one will have a, have a, have a great starting point. And then we know that when your campaigns do have a nice starting point that puts you on the radar of what is a pretty big market of people that are just regularly shopping and discovering new stuff, you know, even for even like we had our most backed comics tribe uh, Kickstarter last year, but by the end of the campaign, more people were first time comics tribe backers than returning backers. Wow. Uh, now on day one, it was like 90% returning <laughs> right. and 10% yeah. new, but, but over the length of the, the launch attracted a lot of new first time checking us out backers. And so mm -hmm. that, you know, and so, but, but as creators, we can always find something to think about. It's like, Oh, what happened? I lost so many of my past backers. Of course. Right, so, right. You know, so many percentage of everyone that has ever backed me has come back for this one. And then you, we can feel bad about it, but what's nice is that trend line um, tends to go up. But also, like I will say, it's it's not a linear thing. So yeah, um, I, I do know some creators like if 
the fourth launch doesn't quite live up to the third launch. And, and even you've seen it, Kevin, with TART, you know, like mm -hmm. it has, it's not been a specific, like straight linear thing. Yeah. Everyone, you know, the nice uh, kismet of the economy plus a kick-ass cover design plus <laughs> you know, other the other projects that are launching at similar times that you're crossing over with. Like there's so yeah. much that goes into a successful campaign, but I think mm -hmm. overall the, the the trend lines are pretty good. I saw I saw a creator post just saying how it seems like Kickstarter's been a lot harder this month than say in the you know than in the past. And you know you get like two dozen, three dozen cre creators like chiming and saying, yeah, I've had a struggle this last one. Like the nice thing is like most people's struggles is is still getting funded. Right. Yep, right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, I, some of them are coming down to the wire a little bit. And, and um, mm -hmm. I think I was listening to Charlie Stickney and Pat Shan do a Twitter spaces. And I believe Pat said it. He said, w one of the things that we've done this to ourselves, we've gotten so good at getting our people there on day one mm -hmm. that day two is no longer a good day. You, you used to have two to three good days the, yeah. at the beginning of a campaign <laughs> and then, then two to three at the end, and then it, it was dead in the middle. Well, mm -hmm. now we, our, our readers are so smart and so on it. They are there on day one. Well, now you've got to start finding the new people on day two. And you, <laughs> we're we're yeah. mad because we're not getting the 30 people on day two and the 25 people on day three <laughs> when we've already got 80 of those people on day one. <laughs> yeah. In addition to the 120 that we used to get. But no, we can't see that. <laughs> um, yeah. Human beings normalize success like nobody else. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. It, uh... Well, if you if you if you want to not feel a bad, this came up earlier in the chat, but it, there wasn't a good spot for it. But uh, Sean put "In the Land of the Dragon" is one of the most beautiful books, and Sync is bar none one of the best <laughs> ongoing series in comics. So, Brent Tyler, if you wanted to feel bad, you're not allowed to. <laughs> uh, not when someone's saying that about your comics. Yeah, yeah really gotta, appreciate that. Yeah, you gotta send send Sean some uh, some good goodies, Brent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, so you know, and I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. Just one more comment, Shani. Shani says. You get those return backers, and that hopefully spreads the word to pull in new folks, which reminds me of something that some guy named Tyler James once said, a crowd attracts a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And, and this is something that, like, I think most people have gotten now, but it, but there used to be, like, this feeling of, like, well, those big campaigns, they don't need the money and, and like. Mm -hmm. Eid has never <laughs> like, has never played any part into it, into it. Like people thought that that's what it was about. Oh, this is a platform for creators who need the money to do stuff. It's like, I mean, in one sense, yeah, but that's never the that's never the impetus for the backer. You know, mm -hmm. backers right. love helping out and supporting things that they want to exist in the world. Right, and. Mm -hmm. You know, like a like a Keanu Reeves comic book. Yeah, yeah. He, he does not need that comic book. He did not need that money. But God bless him, he came to it and, and brought they, a crowd. They, he brought a crowd. He destroyed the the comic. Got made. And guess what, guys? That's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we want more Keanu's to come to Kickstarter and put books out. Or so, uh, Brandon Sanderson. I mean, yeah. oh my God, oh, that yeah. Kickstarter even studied and published some data around the number of backers that he brought new to the platform. And then those backers, what they backed, you know, they reached out mm-hmm. and backed yeah. more. Pla- I mean, right. so, did you, know, you say he brought nude backers? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. We're going to, let's talk about the Terry Moore project. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you know, with with creators that have already built these really large fan bases over time, you know, it benefits all of us when they come to the platform because, Mm -hmm. you know, these these new backers new, not nude. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they say, well, look at all this cool stuff here, you know, and and I think, Kevin, you you may have said this that, you know, or maybe this was Charlie or somebody, but. Kickstarter's like the biggest comic shelf on the planet and we all get the same amount of shelf space and you know their algorithm does such a great job of recommending other books and then we as creators on the platform are always you know pointing out other books you know you know if we're if if brand's doing an update he's going to point out you know john's book or ryan's book sorry in um rancidville uh, an odious end and uh, Sunmaker number three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to get our our, our yeah. plugs in there. But uh, it's uh, yeah, exactly, Shawnee. You're absolutely right. Um, and I I I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion. I, I don't have any inside knowledge or really much in the way of expertise. But I'm going to just put this out there anyway. So let's um, do it. I feel like we're going to get more and more bigger names in comics coming to Kickstarter within the next couple of years. I just, I mean, I, I, I just have a hunch. And I, I mean, if you, if you look at the way the direct markets move, you know, is it contracting? Is it not contracting? What's the direct market doing? You know, I love comic shops. I really do. Mm-hmm. But the amount of, the amount of effort that I would have to put in to get one copy of crossover division or one of the diary trades in there it just doesn't it doesn't make sense it's it's not sustainable for me because if i would be doing that full time with so little reward from it mm-hmm. you know as just an indie creator not as a publisher you know last yeah. ever or, or comics tribe so i i think a lot of a lot of comics creators you know we had the big substack thing which was what a year or two ago i think a lot of established creators are looking at Kickstarter and and making plans. I Quite mean, honestly, I think Substack thing actually uh, took a tire iron to the knee of some of those creators coming to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Scott Snyder had just had a very successful campaign, yep. mm-hmm. and then he was one of the first people on Substack. So I, I'm betting um, if 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 twenty of those big name creators that Substack paid. I bet you 18 of those were planning on those books going on Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. they got the money up front easier. Yeah. That, that, that literally you said, I have no information of this, but the way it was trending to, to where it kind of like the graph just dropped, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I bet Substack did, did break that up. But I asked Brant and uh, Tyler on, uh, we, if somebody has never done a Kickstarter page or mm-hmm. really feels like they're kind of in a rut, what are some of your best practices to make a Kickstarter page just pop? Um, obviously, 
you make the best book you can with the best art you can and, and you mm. write the copy the best you can but how can i make my page look better than it already does what are some of your best practices well, you go you brand. to design <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that's that there's a reason i'm asking brand this is something you do on a professional level you work yep. on on my pages yeah um so so yes from a um, tyler's even <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so what are you looking for if if i sent you 24 pages of, of my next comic and i may uh what are you looking for in the images to to pop on a kickstarter page oh man uh specific uh, that's that's a tough question like um i think you're just looking for the most eye-catching dynamic images to use to scatter across that don't spoil like major plot points obviously mm -hmm. but you you want things to make people stop scrolling for a second right you know whether mm -hmm. it's a gorgeous piece of art or whether it's like some you know big explosion or some just really cool looking piece of i, I don't know some character work some location where anything that like speaks to the story and the and pulls from what you're trying to tell in that story and connects to it in some you know, visceral way, I think. Well, there's a there's a neat trick that you do that I would never have thought of because, well, I'm a writer, I'm not a designer or an artist. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we do we do variant covers on, on Crossover Division. And what you do is you just did an animated GIF yeah. of all the variant covers. And I'm like, that's freaking genius because that stops <laughs> them in, the, you know, what that stops them in place right there. I want to, yeah. what, what's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? You know, right. I mean, that's, that that's awesome. That's another tip, motion. And I, I kind of learned that from Tyler. I, I learned a lot of my tricks from Tyler, honestly. Um, but yeah. I learned adding, all my could, tricks from Tyler. Yeah, I could say the same. <laughs> yeah. Adding any kind of motion, any kind of any kind of thing that just, it's not static um, to the page, I think livens it up a little bit. And it does make you stop for just a second because you're like, oh, well, I got to see what the next, you know, image is, like you said, Will. So yeah, I forget, someone had actually asked me to do... Um, animated covers once and then i just started doing them for <laughs> most campaigns i did because i was like well that's really cool and you just stick it right up front and you know then you got that right away so well, yeah, you, I, yeah you know animated gifts that like whenever i see them done well on kickstarter i'm just like oh wow, that, that that looks so amazing like i've something like i don't always do them because i like i don't know if you, if you found like brand that like sometimes they just stop running yeah and I, yeah, I, I've never like really figured out the rhyme or reason. Like I, you can fix it by just up re-uploading. And then I also don't yeah. know if it's like, or is it just stopping for you? Like because right, you've yeah. you're, you're, you're <laughs> seen it so many times, or yeah, is yeah. it something cached? So like, like, uh, and then then there's also the issue of you got to make sure that they're not so big that mm -hmm. they take forever to load, so that people like that are just scrolling through your page never see them. Right. So, so like that's that, that that's always been the balance with the animated gifts, but but yeah. when they're done really well, um, man, they just, they really sing, and then you've got some good ones on the mm -hmm. on the in the land of the dragon page. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know, like with Kickstarter page design, it, it really is getting the balance between I think the flash and but then also having some heart and substance behind the page as well. Like I had someone yeah. send me. Um, a page for feedback and it's been a while since I got one of those pages where I'm like, it, it, and the kind of people are like, Hey, I read, I read this article that you wrote uh, and uh, you know, I've been studying it and here's my page. You got any feedback? And I'm like, 
did you read my article? Because <laughs> literally, I had seven steps here, and you you flipped on all seven. You know? um, Gosh, Tyler, if only there was a class that someone could take, <laughs> even someone like me, you know, able to do something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it turned you into 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 an old pro there at this this point. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but yeah, I, um, I, I st- like. But one of one of the biggest problems with, with this page is that like. There was some flash to it, but there was no, no like who's behind this and mm-hmm. and, why, and what's this person all and what are you all about and and why should we care? Because um, I think Kickstarter is different than most other places of, with that's where stuff is being sold online, where you know the story and the fact that you're like a person on the other end is trusting you with their money before the thing that they're buying even exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, like, even on campaigns where I'm mostly just project managing, we always try to make sure that there's a face behind the page. Someone that mm-hmm. is going is like, this is the person, this human being that you're trusting to, to, to bring this thing to life and making sure that that's somewhere on, on your page. So, right. um, getting the team on there, getting good pictures, like showing your face, God forbid, you know, but like, these are things that, that I've had to work with a lot of creators over these. We're just like, no, oh, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not photogenic. I'm not, it's like, it doesn't, yep. you, you know, you, you don't all have to be supermodels like us. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say this is, this is four damn handsome people. <laughs> Are my you eyesight, sure there's no alcohol in that? There? No, but no, but my eyesight, my eyesight is going. In yeah, my you do age, have the so. allergy eyes going now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. So heart and soul and flash and substance, yeah. you know, and and mixing them in a way that it feels natural. That's I think that's actually a really nice, you know, macro level. We don't have time to go through every little tip and this many pixels and this width, but um, yeah. Yeah, just just yeah. T- I, I think something that Tyler puts is, is tell your story about the story. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 I'm gonna brag on Grant uh, on Brant a little bit here because there's a uh, Brant brings a lot of heart into when he does our page, and we had a we had a panel where uh, Hank was talking to Hector outside of a, a car door, and. Brant turned that into the, this is your money back guarantee. I'm like, that's freaking brilliant. <laughs> You're right. I love that. Let's keep doing it. It's on every campaign now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think like comic creators, we do have like a natural advantage over most other categories on Kickstarter because Kickstarter is very much a visual platform and, and, and combining visuals with text. That's kind of our, our whole thing. That's what we do, right? Um, yeah. So, so leaning into that as much as you can. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm also, you know, I've done podcasts on it, um, and I'm a big, and it, it's one of those things where, like, when it's not there, y- you miss it. But I'm a big social proof fanatic, where I try to like remember that there are pe- like most of the people that hit your Kickstarter page don't know you from you know adam or, or or anyone else and so they're looking for reasons to not trust you with their money mm-hmm. but the more evidence that you can provide that uh not only can you do this thing but you've done this thing in the past or you um or people have trusted you with other things 
um, or the people that are involved in the project have credentials to deliver on, you know, the hyperbolic, like, this is, this is awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff is so important to, to, to bake into your Kickstarter campaign and, and going the extra mile to um, share that there are people other than you on the, that are saying this thing is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where, you know, having, being a part of communities like, like we're all in, uh, having peers read our books and provide blurbs and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff matters though. Like there's no, it's not like you can go and just get one, a review from one person that's all automatically going to sell your book, but um, you want to show that you've gone the the extra mile to like, you know, have, have it so that the world recognizes that this, this stuff is worth, <laughs> worth getting in on right. and having other people say that. So baking that into your page, I think is very important. Unless you're Clay Adams and you have a, you know, a Brian K. Vaughn quote on your book, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clay doesn't really have to ask us for blurbs. He's got that forever. I would have that tattooed on me if I had that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, a quick question for you guys. Um, you know, Kickstarter is the place to be for indie comics, I feel like. I mean, I know that there's Zoop, there's Crowdfunder, there's Backer Kit has their own, you know, stuff. There's Indiegogo. Um, but, you know, Kickstarter is the 800-pound gorilla. But I, I really feel like, you know, with some of the moves they've made here in the past, they're they're really listening to the communities, not just comics. But I think they're really interested in comics because we are such a successful, you know, subsection of their business that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we're starting to get some improvements. You know, they've got uh, they've got shipping. Uh, you know, they've got some easy shipping going on. I haven't tried it, so I, I don't yeah. you know, have know anything mm-hmm. either way. But, you know, as these improvements start rolling out, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that, you know, we're going to get maybe images for, you know, add-ons at some point, you know, and we're going to get, you know, that, that are, and, and some of these things may fundamentally alter, you know, that Kickstarter page. So I, I feel like we as a community are going to have to pivot, you know, once those things change, you know, have you guys given any thought to that? Well, I, I've thought that if they'd let me email all my backers at once, I wouldn't have to pay back or get $99. <laughs> um, so I could, I could help them take $99 away from part of their competition if they would implement that. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, but you know what? Like, like I was thinking about that the other, the other day, Kevin, but I bet you if they did roll that out, I still would pay backer kit because I'm betting that they wouldn't build it such that I could connect all of the different accounts that I yep. ended up like launching on. Like, yeah, exactly. Comic Strata, Tyler James. Because the Happy Hills, Happy Hills under Joe, right? Happy Hills under Joe. Yeah. yeah you know, and yeah and two different series for Cthulhu accounts. And, and so like, well, back well to- I, I would say that if, if I had either of the Cs for Cthulhu accounts, I would pay the $99 because <laughs> if you get one tenth of 1% of that, you're, you're going to be yeah. helping your comic out. Yeah. I think backer kit launch, like for one of our campaigns, like was twenty four thousand dollars wow. <laughs> on a ninety nine dollar <laughs> Yeah, definitely yeah. worth the investment. That was uh, yeah, made it pretty easy. Made it pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, and, and, you know, Kevin, Kevin, and I have talked a lot about how a you know a vibrant 
uh, crowdfunding community for comics is good for all of us. Uh, but that's not going to happen overnight. I mean, you know, I, I applaud the creators that are going to Zoop and trying mm -hmm. Zoop out that are, that are, that are trying crowdfunder because they're, they're blazing a trail for the rest of us. But, you know, Kickstarter is what I know and Kickstarter is yeah. where I'm going to stay unless they do something that pushes me away. And Kevin and I've talked about that separately a lot. So <laughs> we won't, get, we won't rehash that. They but, didn't do um, it. So we're, we're happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it took Kickstarter a solid decade to get where they are now with comics. Right. So, I mean, is is Zoop or is Crowdfunder or is Indiegogo? I mean, Indiegogo is its, its own thing. Um, or Backerkit? Are 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 they going to have to have that much runway? You know, are they going to be able to survive, or is there going to be something else coming along? You know, I mean, I've recently I've I just did an interview with a, someone that was launching on Crowd or on Backerkit, and I had mm -hmm. the. CEO of Crowdfunder on the podcast uh, recently. And the Crowdfunder, like, it's built on a platform that's been around for over 13 years. Like, it, that, that was, like, developed, I think, even a little bit before Kickstarter. Um, but it was sort of focused in a different space, and they've moved into, into comics. And, and, you know, if I were Kickstarter, there's a couple of things uh, that Crowdfunder does that I would probably look at implementing. Um, or at least experimenting with like the, I, the, one of the coolest things about crowdfunder is that they have the ability for you to like, ask your, just, you know, with a, with a simple question or a yes or no, like, Hey, uh, here's, here's how much your, uh, here's how, here's how much, here's what our fees are going to be on the creator. Would you like to cover that, cover those fees? Uh, so the creator gets hundred percent of your pledge. And oh, nice. <laughs> they get something like 70 or 80% of people saying yes to that. Wow. And, and, that is, <laughs> and, and um, most of the people that use that platform actually find it's pretty close to free. Uh, fees on it. Which, and, 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 but I'm like, that's really cool. It conceivably could be, you know, considering the 10%, like, and they even, they ask for their fees or, or they ask and, and say, oh, and what about the credit card transaction fees? You want to cover those as well? And a big chunk of people do. So, th so there are some people that like recoup all, all of their, their fees on that. Wow. Um, but that would be an easy thing for Kickstarter to implement. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, 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 and so like, it will be interesting to see as, as as these other platforms sort of push the envelopes, like how much of it does Kickstarter end up adopting? Um, right. I also see like, you know, there are some benefits to the sort of slow and steady ship that, that Kickstarter can be um, in mm -hmm. terms of it not just becoming the Wild West or, or just, you know, doing mm -hmm. doing it all or changing and, and breaking how the, how the thing goes. But yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to to see how that goes. Um, so CC asked in the chat, do you think that suggests that they're focusing more on comics? Is that Kickstarter focusing more on comics or like... I'm going to get... Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Kickstarter just uh, 
they're going to fill the, the they're the hiring a director comics yeah, outreach position. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, th this here first, Mark Romero in the comments says <laughs> Kickstarter is uh, hiring a new director for comics and they want them to have eight plus years of experience in comics. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's good. I, I would, I would hope that the person doing it has as much experience as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. but not so much experience that they shoot down good new ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and another thing, you know, uh, I've had backers tell me like, look, you know, I have, they, my credit card won't run. Yeah. Can you take PayPal? I can't mm -hmm. take PayPal via Kickstarter, but yeah, I'll take PayPal and you'll, we'll figure it out, you know, elsewhere. But you know, if just a different, you know, alternate alternative payment methods, you know, that would be awesome too, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I think uh, Crowdfunder takes PayPal, right? Or yeah, I think most of the. I'm, not, I, I, I'm not sure about Crowdfunder specifically, yeah. but probably they probably do because yeah. Crowdfunder's entire like pitch deck was like, "Here's the top 25 complaints creators have about Kickstarter." We're going to do these things. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, nice. Well, We've kept you guys up. I know. I know, Brent. You're 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 over in that 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 weird time <laughs> time thing with with Will. But Tyler, you're you're up late. So um, <laughs> we're gonna. It's been a great show, and I've adored it. And I could I could talk to you guys for a couple hours, but I know you have campaigns to run, and you're supposed to sleep um, to At do that point. well. So um, <laughs> if you want to hang with Will and I while we talk about some of the uh, campaigns that are still live that have been on. Please do, but if it's bedtime, uh, I don't. You know, Tyler, I know that you 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 take care of the sun at times while your wife's working, and vice versa. I don't I don't want to keep you up if tomorrow you have the early shift. Well, <laughs> I, I may have the early shift, but this has been a you know, you said short week, but this has been a been a uh, a long week because uh, <laughs> like we, we finally after three years got whacked with the COVID bug. Uh, oh, and, and so. Sorry. Um, my boy was home all week when he was supposed to be at uh, at, uh, at school. Um, so yeah, it's it's been me and my wife trying to get some work done, but um, mostly recovered. I think I'm at at about 90, 92% uh, recovered. But um, well, keep keep resting. That's what everybody told me. And stir crazy, but uh, yeah, I don't. Know, I, I got a little bit of drink left in my cup, and I I want to make sure <laughs> that I'm I'm uh, not missing any uh, any must check out uh, campaigns. So I'll stick around for a little bit. All right, beautiful, Brent. You can't go because I know you're not going to sleep for the next <laughs> right. 18 hours. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have that excuse. Um, Though he might be need to eat lunch, right? I, at some point, yeah. But I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, Will, my Wi-Fi is being really funky. So if I go out, you just take over. But with four days left, we've got Max Axel and the Wild Circuit. It's a 16-page one-shot, all ages kind of a speed racer type of a car car race um just a, a group of friends in the pandemic decided to make some comics and it's a, a super fun one i would go to max axel and the actual is spelled a x e l just to watch the video they animated the video and it really is really badass cool. mm -hmm. <laughs> um another kid's book Sheldor the defender um this is uh uh my my buddy um, um todd kelly it is the bestest boy has bitten off more than he can chew um basically it's a book about his own dog uh protecting the family in a fantasy setting um 
He hasn't been on the show because he's not like Brant and he can't stay up late. My good buddy Mike Shea is back with Miskatonic High. I used to have this like moniker as the guy who's serialized the most issues of a comic. Uh, I'm about to do Tart 15. My buddy's doing issue 17 of Miskatonic High. He's about to lap me like Captain America (laughs) and Sam Wilson. Just screaming on the left, on the left. Uh, I'm doing shorter issues. (laughs) I I guess I guess that's what I have to do. But uh, I I I I love Mike, and if if you're gonna be beaten, get beaten by the best. So check out Miskatonic High. um, Kind of Buffy Buffy high schoolers in the uh, Lovecraft universe. uh, let's see, we've got Awakening, uh, a Star Trek-inspired sci-fi comic one-shot uh, that is ending... Hang on a second, and I'll check. Do you have that one on your... 48, 48 hours. I, I actually missed hours. that as I went down. Yeah. Um, uh, some so, some guy we know, uh, Ransomville and Odious End. This is the third <laughs> and final issue of a story of three teenagers up against an evil town council and there's a murder and a mystery. So uh, do check it out. John Eddingville Jr. The second, I'm sorry, is uh, just a great dude. And um, he's the artist and the writer. And if he has a campaign, that means Ryan Kroboth has a campaign. Exactly. <laughs> they are teammates. Um, Sunmaker one through three, also three issues and done. So the cool thing about Ransville and Sunmaker if you haven't heard about them, you can get the entire series right now um, and read it all when when they come in. Two of the best dudes, best dudes around, Ryan yeah. and, yep. and John. So Fab- fabulous Absolutely. guys. Another guy who's okay and wasn't on the show because because he got he was under the weather last week. Uh, that guy Charlie Stickney, Stickney. he's back <laughs> on here with Glarian Short and Deadly. Now this. Okay, he's 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 bugged out. So, uh, Glarian Short and Deadly is a hardcover collection of all of the Glarian short stories uh, that have been throughout various campaigns, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. And of course, it's got amazing art by Connor Hughes. Uh, it's got uh, some great covers, oh, and uh, Romina Morinelli does the art uh, for a lot of the uh, Glarian stories. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, it also has a, I believe, a short story by uh, Mick Byers, who segues me right into a Queen of Mars number one through three by Mick Byers. <laughs> uh, it's an adaptation of uh, the public domain stuff of the uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs John Carter of Mars series, which is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and uh, Mick does a really awesome job, and uh, you should definitely take a look at that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Brant also is involved with another campaign that's running right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, and probably some others that you've di- designed the Kickstarter pages for, but we, we can talk about those later. Hairology, uh, <laughs> a celebration of hair, uh, is out. Uh, Brant has a short story in there as a writer, and uh, it's by our uh, buddies... Uh, Phil Falco and Kat Calamia. Uh, Phil's my Excel buddy. Yeah, Excel. All right. Um, anyway, Herology is an anthology where you've got just a an, an amazing cast of creators uh, dealing with, with hair. You know, how 
all kinds of stories. Brant, can you give me a little more insight into hairology? Yeah, I, I mean, as, you, you basically said that, but uh, Sterling <laughs> Gates has a story in it. He wrote Supergirl. Gail Simone saw it on Twitter and volunteered to write a foreword for it, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it, it covers a bunch of different issues with hair, different hairstyles, different issues with hair. My story is about balding. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> check it out. Um, nice. An another person that we're, we uh, run a little too late for, John Westoff is back on with Drumsticks of Doom and Depowered. Um, so check out those campaigns. John's a, a, a great guy. And yeah, we understand we run this late. It's, we're not, we're not for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think that's all I see there. I mean, you know, we mentioned the Terry Moore. Oh, we uh, got one more. It, it oh. launched today. Oh. It was on the, it was on the show last week. Uh, CC's oh, yeah. Mythball oh, issue yeah. one. It was our first, uh, campaign that we had in pre-launch. We talked all about it. It has Egyptian gods and space uh, um, space shenanigans. It launched today, so you can get in on first day of Mythfall, one word. Um, yeah, I'm super excited saw... about that one. Uh, CC's been working on that uh, world building and, and doing yeah. all sorts of uh, background material for that. Oh, she's she's so thrilled that yes, that finally here. So uh, congrats to CC and, and Mark and their... Uh, uh, endeavors over there yeah that came from uh, came from what she told us was maladaptive daydreaming which i have <laughs> I been saying <laughs> every day since then because <laughs> i don't want to ever forget that term i love the term maladaptive daydreaming so thank you guys so much for being on if you want to give a, a another 30 second pitch on on the projects in case somebody is watching on facebook right now if they're on the podcast and they got here they know, but someone might have popped on Facebook. So, Brant, one more time on In the Land of the Dragon. Yeah, In the Land of the Dragon is a uh, cyberpunk fantasy series about a mercenary tasked with kidnapping a child that uh, holds the, the key to shifting the balance of power between two warring corporations. Got two issues available. Check it out. All right. And nice. Tyler, bring us home with Sync. Yeah, so uh, go to sync.comicstribe.com, and I'm going to give you the first issue of Sync. Uh, if you read the first issue and it's for you, jump in and grab the new campaign. If you read the first issue and you want to, uh, you know, complain to me because you're now having nightmares, uh, take that up. With <laughs> well, yeah. I would say that if you're getting nightmares from it, you got to definitely read it because that means it worked. Worked. Yeah. Um, so, so, yes, I, I would definitely um, check out the book before you before you buy it. But um, I, I think you're going to love this issue. It's uh a vampire story with a twist and it really sets up what is going to be a big, actually a, a, a five issue um, murder mystery uh, that will go take place over the next five issues of sync. Um, so it's a great jumping on point and you can get all caught up on the series. Um, I would also say, you know, I think we've got creators watching and there are um, people that um, are interested in Kickstarter, probably launching their own Kickstarter soon. Um, I just put together a, uh, that I'm pretty happy with um, a new strategy guide. Um, if you go to comics launch, C O M I X launch.com forward slash super funded, one word, super funded. Um, it's seven strategies that are sort of in the last couple of years, changes have happened on the Kickstarter platform. Creators are trying new things. And um, I just highlighted uh, seven strategies, mostly from creators that are inside the comics launch pro community that um, you guys have all been a part of. Um, and it's, it's fun seeing the creators that, um, we all network with and cross promote with 
do do cool things, try cool things, learn from them, and make all of our campaigns better. So um, I encourage you to go grab that free strategy guide if you can, comicslaunch.com forward slash super funded. Cool. Yeah, I downloaded it the other day. Awesome. <laughs> All right, everybody in the chat, thank you so much for the questions, the comments. Some some were pretty darn funny that didn't fit in. So uh, I, I'm CK. I hope you had a very relaxing night with your wine and other substances, which I won't say because I don't know if you're in a state where those substances are legal or not. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I hope you had a very relaxing evening listening to us talk comics. Tyler Brandt, love you guys. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. And Will, uh, I will talk to you next week. You bet. Thanks, right. guys. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, boys.